All right. Starting a new series. Um, it's been a while since I've been at the front again. I got crook, so I wasn't able to present. But we're starting a new series today, and I'm excited about it. And it's called Greatest Hits. It's a bit of a strange name, but, you know, we have to come up with creative names for different stuff. And what we're doing through this series are taking the old favorite Bible stories that you used to read when you were a kid, and we're, we're having a different point of view on them. We're giving you someone else's perspective on what the story might entail for us. It's a pretty cool concept. Now, the best way to illustrate that fact is with a kid's song. Now, everyone knows the song Ba Ba Black Sheep, yeah? Has the same tune as Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, if you didn't know that. And I think the alphabet sometimes. So, Ba Ba Black Sheep, Ba Ba Black Sheep, have you any wool? Yes, sir, yes, sir, three bags full, one for blah, 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 one for blah, blah, blah. It lives down the road and all that kind of stuff. Then, Ba Ba Black Sheep, do you have any wool? Pretty simple, yeah? But what if you put it inside the Sydney Opera House? What would it sound like? It'd sound totally different. You'd have the sort of operatic... Uh, tones, I guess you could say. I've got no idea. I'm not that musical. But you'd have the black sheep. That sort of stuff. Thank you. Yeah, I <laughs> practiced in the shower last night. And then what if, what if Baba Black Sheep got released in sort of the 70s sort of, sort of feel, right? And so you'd have ba 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 black sheep do 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 yeah, it's sort of that vibe sort of to it. And what if, what if Elvis released it? Oh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Ba ba black sheep, yeah, you know, it, totally different spin on a song. And then the great late Slim Dusty. What if he released the song? I just got to try to remember how it went. Ba ba sheep dip, have you any wool? Yes sir, yes sir, me darling. Oh, I've got three bags full. I got one for the sheila that lives down the road. I got one for the pub with no beer. Ba ba sheep dip, thank goodness you're so dug on near. You know, stuff like that totally changes the way you interpret the song. And so throughout this series, the Greatest Hit series, we're going to take the famous stories, pull them apart, and just give you, hopefully, a different point of view to what you normally would. Pretty simple. So that brings us to today. Now, there was a little riddle in the newsletter, for those of you that get it and read it. There's a little riddle. And um, did anyone read it and have a, have a guess? No, that's right, because that's all right. I'm not going to tell you then. You'll just have to work it out. But today is a story that has scandal, um, sex, um, no rock and roll because the rocks did roll, but there wasn't any music to accompany them. It has um, border patrolling. It has, just trying to think of stuff that doesn't give it away. Um, has long hair, that sort of helps give it away, and no hair. So, just before we begin, let's pray, because I might need a bit of a hand with this one. Father in heaven, we thank you that we can come here today. Um, we're going to have a bit of fun 
Today, talking about this particular character in the Bible, we've heard the story quite a few times, and hopefully, hopefully I can illuminate some situations that people haven't noticed before. And in the end, Lord, just draw people closer to you. In your name, amen. In the book of Judges, we have several different famous stories, and one of which is Gideon, which we're not covering this series. We're going to have to do another Greatest Hit series. I've loved researching this topic. It's brilliant. And um, so we've got Gideon, we've got a few other guys, but there's 300 years where the Israelites didn't have a leader. There's a 300-year period. And the book of Judges starts sort of when Moses and Joshua are sort of faded away. And then at the end of the book of Judges, we have sort of the reign of Saul starting to happen type thing. So we're in this 300 period where no one is actually the official leader of the Israelites. And so here the Israelites had what we call the judges. And the judges are people that rise up from the ashes that Israel is and save the people, lead them back to God and um, saves Israel. Because as we know, Israel has the hills and the valleys that everyone does throughout their life. Israel, good with God, gets them out of Egypt, all that kind of stuff through the desert and whatever else we get to here, and they're fluctuating in their, their love for God. They're fluctuating in their relationship for God. And so on that, these particular valleys, all of a sudden someone will put their hand up and say, yep, I'm going to lead Israel back to their relationship with God. And this is where we find our character today. If the hair didn't give it away, we're actually going to be talking about Samson. Talking about Samson today, and it's a fascinating story. In a sense, well, let's go back to the beginning. Once upon a time, there was a couple. They'd been married for a long period of time, and they couldn't conceive a child. Sound familiar? It's happened a few times in the Bible. And then all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appears. And gives a, gives a message to them, you're going to conceive a child. And usually when this happens, you've got to get, get given a list of instructions. It, it, I don't know if babies come out with a list of instructions. Don't know, I haven't experienced it yet. But uh, I hope they do. But um, anyway, so the angel of the Lord appears, says, you're going to have a baby. These are the instructions that it's going to have. You're going to, it's going to be a Nazarene or a Nazarite. And... Um, if you can go to the next slide, please. The Nazarene code was he couldn't drink grape juice or wine. That's to start with. So here we have a baby coming out and saying you can't drink grape juice or wine. That's pretty good. Easy for a baby to do. As he gets up, might be a little bit harder. Grows up, sorry. And then the next thing is, let's throw it up there. Couldn't touch anything dead. Now, in the Israelite customs, if a priest or anything like that touched anything dead, you're considered unclean for a period of time. Yeah? Pretty good? So, hang on, go back. Um, couldn't touch anything dead for a period of time. The Nazarene Code said that you can't touch anything dead, full stop. And then I put kinder. Because there is a little asterisk. There's a little asterisk that says, if you're doing the Nazarene code for life, you're allowed to be a warrior, which means that you can kill people and so on and so forth. So there's a little, little asterisk down the bottom 
that the guy reads really fast at the end of the TV ad. And so that's the kinder. Let's go to the next one. And couldn't cut his hair. Pause. So couldn't cut his hair. Usually for a Nazarite code, you would, if you didn't take it for a lifetime, it would last for a period of 30 days to 90 days, roughly. And so when you finish your session of being a Nazarite, you'd cut off your, your locks, luscious locks, and you'd take them to the priest, and it's part of the sacrificial process. End of 90 days, same sort of thing. And that signifies the end of your agreement with God, and that's what a Nazarite code was. But if you took it for a lifetime, can't cut your hair. It's very, very interesting as it unfolds. So, we've got this baby that comes out. He's one of these Nazarene sort of people. Can't, can't drink grape juice, can't um, touch anything dead, and you can never cut your hair. As this young fellow grows up, there's something different about him. There is something strange, and everyone looks towards him as a leader. And as he moves up the, up the ranks in age, and as he moves up the ranks in Israel, he becomes a border guard. And as he marches around the border guards, he particularly likes to go down into the Philistine areas, looking for the ladies. He had a real eye for the feminine side of things. He had a real eye for, in particular, Philistine women. And so he would spend his nights pretending to be on duty, going down into these little hut things, and I think there's a video clip next. Can we play the clip, please? This is how I reckon he would have gone about picking up women. No, not that one. <laughs> Maybe it's later on. Sorry, guys. That's the one, I think. There we go. How you doing? 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 Hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Yeah, how you doing? How you doing? How you Alright, so here we have Samson walking around, walking up to ladies going, how you doing? And pretty successful because as the story of Samson unfolds, he actually finds one that he falls in love with and changes him completely. Um, if we go, there we go. Samson went down to Timnah and he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Can we go to the next slide, please? Then he came up and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah, now get her for me as my wife. But his father and mother said to him, Is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives or among our people that you must go and take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But, for Samson, said to, uh, said to his father, Get her for me, she is right in my eyes. She's all right to look at. And it's funny, this phrase, right in my eyes, is actually how the book of Judges ends, because the Israelites did what was right in their own eyes. 
And this little phrase comes up all the way through Judges. But let me rewind through this passage for you. Um, Is there not a woman among the uh, daughters of your relatives or among our people? It's a bit strange. That's a whole other sermon in itself. But we'll continue on the idea of the Israelites. Now, mums, this is a little, little side note. When, when I was growing up, and my brother's here today, so I've got no stories to tell about him today. But um, when we were growing up, our mother would sit us down, and particularly once we started getting in through the high teenage sort of years, mum would be sitting at the meal table, and mum would say, what about so-and-so? She's a nice girl. <laughs> and then... And then, you know, the week would go by and then come Friday night, we'd be sitting around having a meal again and then mum would pipe up and say, what about, I don't know, Rebecca? She's a nice girl. And, you, oh, and this would happen quite frequently. Am I telling the truth? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I don't know what it is, mothers. Do you have a sixth sense? You've never met the ladies, but you can turn around and go... She's a nice girl. And yet, there's some strange... Anyway, that's a whole other thing. But she's a nice girl. So I picture Samson's mother going to him, what about this lady? What about her? What about her? She's a nice girl. And as it went on and on, Samson stuck to his own and said, get her for me. She's all right. She's a bit of okay. And so he gets married. And the whole thing is a beautiful wedding, sort of. And I'm not going to go through the whole details of it because we don't have enough time to cover the whole story of Samson. But Judges uh, 13 through to 14, 15, 16, if you get the chance, read it. It's very interesting what happens and when it happens and how it happens. So anyway, this ends in disaster. The, um, to cut a really long story short, um, she ends up getting killed by the Philistine people because of her association with Samson. So, typical days of our lives sort of stuff. Alright? Move on. And the author introduces us to the focus of today's sermon. The author introduces us. The book slows down for the next chapter. He goes into explicit detail on what happens in the next part of the story. And this is where we pick it up. So, if we go to the next slide for us. Yeah, beauty. Alright, so this is about uh, verse 5 of chapter 14. And this is how we go. Then Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah. So, same place. Um, they, uh, sorry. They went down... I'm reading the wrong verse. That's what's going on. All right. Um, Chapter 16, actually. Verse 5. And the lords of the Philistines said to her... So here, the her we're talking about is Delilah. You've heard the saying, Samson and Delilah. You've heard what goes on and whatever else. So here, the lords of the Philistines came to her and said to her, Seduce him and see where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him that we may bind him to humble him, and we will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Seduce him. I've highlighted that word there because in some translations of the Bible it says lure, to lure him. 
and everyone knows what a lure is. Varden, you know what a lure is. A lure is the sparkly thing that you dangle in front of a fish, and it sort of goes, oh, that's pretty, and then, oh, bad idea. So to lure him, to catch him, to seduce him, to use a more seductive word. And that's what she does. That's what she does. Now, I'm going to retract a little bit because for Samson to walk around villages, for Samson to walk into Timnah again and go up to a woman and go, you must be tired. I've been running through my mind all day. Thank you. Thank you. For Samson to be able to do that and pick up the woman, he must have looked pretty all right himself. Now, when, when, I first, when I first thought of Samson, I pictured someone, and we'll play that first video clip, please, someone like this. This is how I pictured Samson. and shot that the other day and uh, <laughs> I just asked Neil to act that out for me and you know put on the lycra and yeah he, he shaved down for it and everything um wow so here we have Samson and Delilah and we think Samson looked like that let me suggest something different let me suggest if a guy that looked like that if Neil went out into the car park and picked up Holly's little Suzuki Swift, would you be amazed? Well, you probably would. But what if, what if the guy looked a bit more normal? What if the guy was just a standard average sort of IT nerd looking fella? And he went out and picked up Neil's Land Cruiser. Would you be more amazed at the big guy picking up the Suzuki Swift or would you be more amazed with the IT nerd picking up a Land Cruiser? I know which one I'd be more impressed with. When you think about it, if, if Samson's doing all these incredible feats of strength and he looked like one of those guys, everyone around him just think he's a really strong guy. There's nothing else about it. But if he looked sort of more scrawny looking and he's picking up gates of a city by himself, walking to the top of the hill and planting him there, people would start to take notice. People would see this guy, there's something definitely different about him. And the difference, says it numerous times throughout the story, the difference is, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. 
It doesn't say that the Spirit of the Lord occasionally came and he was able to do amazing feats occasionally when he picked up stuff. It says the Spirit of the Lord rushed. We've just done a series on where's God when, and it's about questioning where's God in all the hard times and stuff. But on a different occasion when we call on the Lord, he bolts, he rushes. He does the 100 metres in three seconds instead of the usual 10. He hurls himself towards you. And here we have countless times where it says the spirit of the Lord was on Samson and he was able to do great feats. The spirit of the Lord was with Samson. So here he is, he's just picked up another girl, doesn't say anything about marriage in my translations. Doesn't say anything about marriage, and Samson decides to spend the night. Countless times. Samson decides to spend the night. And the thing about this is, this is the part of the story that everyone starts to question. This is the part of the story that says, Samson, you've already married one Philistine woman. It didn't go down too well for you or for her. Why are you doing it again? Can you be that stupid? And I submit, yes, he can. I submit, yes, he can. Why? Because he's a bloke. Because he's a man. Now, there's... Neil and I do a bit of um, research with our sermons and we look around different churches and see what they're doing. And there's one particular guy called Andy Stanley. And Andy Stanley says this part of this story like this. Men need three things. So this is describing Samson. Men need three things. Food, sex, and a pat on the head occasionally. Andy's words. Food, sex, and a pat on the head occasionally. And if we had to choose between one of the three, nine times out of ten, you can sort of guess which one they would choose. And so he uses that illustration to say, well, Samson can be that stupid because he's only got one thing on his mind. And that's all far enough, fair enough. Ha, 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 that's funny. You know, deal, deal with the guys being one-track-minded and all that kind of stuff. But ladies, it doesn't stop there because... Ladies continually fall for the different lines that men give them. We need to try this out. We need to move in together. We need to do this. We need to do that. We need to, sort of like the used car sort of analogy where you need to try before you buy. All that kind of stuff. And women continually, continually fall for the lines that you give them. How you doing? You're so tired. Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? All that kind of stuff. You continually fall for the lines that men feed you. It's just a bit of a side note. And so here we have the two of them together. The two of them together. And she's fallen in love with Samson. And Samson's fallen in love with her. And so the story goes on. Still picking it up in chapter 16 and verse 6. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and how you might be bound that one could subdue you. 
it's a fair question, a bit long-winded. I would have just said, what makes you so strong? But anyway, Samson said to her, If you bind me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, then I shall become as weak like any other man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now she had the men lying in ambush in the upper chamber, and she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he snapped the bowstrings as a thread of flax snaps when it touches fire. That's very poetic. So the secret of his strength was not known. Pay attention. Then Delilah said to Samson, Behold, you have mocked me and told me lies. Please tell me how you might be bound. Behold, you have mocked me. You have not told me your secret. She's starting to get under his skin. They use the word mocked. And it's a little hint at what's starting to happen. And he said to her, If you bind me with new ropes that have not been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So you can sort of guess what she did. So Delilah took the new ropes and bound him and said to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. The men laying in ambush were in the inner chamber, but he snapped the ropes like arms like a thread, so like cotton. And then Delilah said to Samson, Until now you have mocked me and told me lies. So she's adding another one. You've told me lies. Tell me how you might be bound. And he said to her, If you weave seven locks of my head... I'll pause there for a second. If you weave seven locks of my hair... So the very first one, very first one, he snapped. No worries whatsoever. And she sort of said, you've mocked me. And then Samson sort of goes, all right, well, we'll give you another one. Fresh ropes, new ropes that have not been used before. Snap, done. The third time, take the seven locks of my hair. See what's happening? See what's happening? We've gone from random objects starting to sort of get closer and closer into what the real story is. She, she continuously tells him, you mocked me, you've mocked me, you're telling me lies, you've mocked me. Samson's starting to give in. He's starting to get closer and closer to the secret of his strength. Seven locks of his hair. So while he slept, Delilah took the seven locks of his head and wove them into a web. And she made them tight with the pin. I have no idea what that means. And said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep, pulled away the pin from the loom and the web, and she said to him, oh, and the usual sort of happens. And then she said to him, here we go, here's the kicker. She said to him, how can you say, I love you, when your heart is not with me? How can you say, I love you, when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times. You have not told me where your great strength lies. And then in verse 16, And when she pressed him hard with her words, day after day, and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. To put it more commonly, she nagged him pretty much, and his soul was broken. <laughs> his soul was vexed to death. And he told her all his heart, oh, and he told her all his heart and said to her, a razor has never come upon my head, for I've been a Nazarite to God. 
from my, father, from my mother's womb. Father's womb, that'd be a bit awkward. And my head said, uh, if my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me. And I shall become as weak and be like another man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up again, for he has told me all of his heart. That's another thing. Us blokes think we're pretty good at covering up stuff. They are, you know, little gifts and all that kind of stuff. But the ladies know what's going on. They're onto us. They can tell when we're telling the truth. They've got a sixth... It's sort of like that shields. She's really nice sort of thing. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. For he has told me all of his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought her the money in their hands, which was a fair amount. She made, him, uh, she made him sleep on her knees and she called a man that had, uh, and had him shaved off the seven locks of his head. And then she began to torment him. His strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as the other times, shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. All throughout the rest of the stories in the book of Judges about Samson, as I mentioned before, it says the Spirit of the Lord rushed to Samson. Here we have, I will go out as the other times, shake myself free, but he did not know that the Lord had left him. He did not know that the Lord had disappeared. And at the end of the story... It goes from Samson being this almighty warrior and it finishes with Samson being captured, head shaved and eyes gouged out. The Philistines believed that if you gouged out the eyes then the soul can't see and all this kind of stuff. And so they gouged out his eyes. And the job that he had in prison... Oh, hang on. It, sort of, it says here, they bound him with bronze shackles and in prison he ground at the mill of wheat. And then the author gives us a little glimmer. It says, but the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Sort of like the to be continued type thing. The little teaser at the end of the movie after the credits. The hair on his head began to grow after it had been shaved. And so the lords of the country all decided to have a party. They all got together. They all decided we're going to have a party beyond all parties. And they all gathered in the one area. And they all went into the, this massive hall. And it was lined with columns, marble columns up the sides. And, and the floor would have been probably a tiled sort of marbly looking floor. It was a rich country. And they decided to have this party beyond all parties. They had DJs going, they had the lights going, smoke machines everywhere, lasers flicking around, doing their thing. They had the blue people banging on, their, on the drums with paint going everywhere. They had everything happening in this room. But they weren't entertained. They weren't entertained. They wanted to make fun of the saviour of Israel. And so what they did is they called Samson up. They called Samson up, put him on the stage where they could see him, 
just to look at him and laugh. This man of great strength, this man that had a connection with God like no other at that time, was up on a stage being laughed at, probably just slouched against a pole. The, the brass cuffs that he had on, probably digging into his skin and they had calloused up, and, and there was probably beads of sweat coming down. He had his eyes gouged out, so they were probably infected and swollen. He, he probably had corns on his hand from where he's pushing the mill. And the, the rich people of the area were down on the floor, looking up at him, mocking him. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? We have a saviour that sort of suffered the same fate. We have a saviour that had the crowns on. We had a saviour that was tied to a pole. We had a saviour that was whipped. A saviour that was spat on. A saviour that was mocked. And here we have an Old Testament story that sounds extremely similar. Samson is tired of getting mocked. He's tired of being spoken to like a, I don't know, a dog. And he says this, Then Samson called to the Lord and said, O Lord God, Please remember me and please strengthen me only this once. O oh God, that I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. Here we have the hero of the story. Here we have the hero of the story realizing what was going on. We have the hero of the story that we just stated at the, at the very start of the thing. The spirit rushed upon him and he was able to do these great feats probably didn't actually register what was going on. He just thought, yeah, I'm pretty cool. And then throughout this, this time after Delilah, we have him spending time in prison, spending time by himself. And he pray, prays this prayer that is sincere and a prayer that not a normal person would pray. Oh God, Lord, oh Lord God, please remember me and please strengthen me only once. And the story goes on. Samson stands up. You can sort of see him sort of slouching up like this. And he had a helper with him. And he asked the helper, can you put my left hand on the column? Can you put my right hand on that column? And then Samson, the spirit of the Lord, rushed upon him, pushed the pillars and the whole place came down. He brought the house down. The whole... I had to get it in there. The whole place came down, crushed. Samson died and killed more Philistines then than when he was alive. Amazing story. Amazing story. Make an awesome movie. The Spirit of the Lord returned to Samson. And that's it. That's the end of the story. That's how it ends. Apart from that, it tells about these family came, found the body and took it back and buried him. It just ends. There's something in that too. There's something in the fact that we have this, this hero that's just, just killed the Philistine people, made a huge dent in the numbers of Philistine. 
the Philistine. And it just ends. It ends with a prayer. It ends with an amazing feat. And the Spirit of the Lord returned to Samson. There's a few interesting little facts along the way about Samson's life that, as I said, if you read it yourself, and we don't have time this morning to go into it, but there's a, there's a guy in the States that um, wrote a little song. And so I'm going to try and play that song for you today. And um, it sort of sums up... Ooh, sort of sums up the story of Samson quite well. And so... If I sound terrible, just shut your eyes and imagine, I don't know, John Lennon or someone up here. Hey there, Delilah, it's your ex-boyfriend, Samson, and I know that thought of lifting weights made me so buffed and handsome, but you're wrong. It's cause I let my hair grow long, it makes me strong. Hey there, Delilah, you came in while I was sleeping. I didn't feel you cutting and I didn't hear you creeping out the door. You left my hair piled on the floor and I just snored. Oh, what you did to me, oh, while I was asleep. Oh, I'm a Nazarene, oh, but you shaved me clean. Delilah, you're so mean. Killed a lion so big and mean and slaughtered many Philistines and with a donkey's jawbone, that's no lie. But now I'm chained up to a wall. I can't cry, oh, can't cry any tears at all because they came and gouged out both my eyes. Why'd you grab those clicking clipping shears and shave my head like Britney Spears cause now I'm standing here in total shame and you're to blame Ooh, terrible Hey there Delilah, why did you have to deceive me? It's so hard for me to think not long ago I wanted you to be my bride But you took too much off the sides Hey Delilah, when you die, just tell the devil I said hi, and he'll know why. Oh, what you did to me, oh, now I'm up the creek, oh, now I feel so weak, oh, and I look like a freak, Delilah, you're a geek. What you did to me oh, while I was asleep. Oh, I'm a Nazarene. Oh, but you shaved me clean. Delilah, you're so mean. And so it's a bit of a bit of a light-hearted song. If you want the original version, it's plain white tees, Delilah. It's totally different to that. And it actually sounds good. I don't know the lines. I don't know the lines that you've been given throughout your life. I don't know the pickup lines for you ladies. I don't know what stupid things you've done, blokes. 
But the story of Samson, the story of Samson shows that throughout our lives we can do many stupid things and we don't even know that we're doing them. But the Spirit of the Lord still rushes upon us. And then all of a sudden something really bad happens, knocks us down. And we, we end up in prison. We feel like we're in prison. We end up grinding the wheat. We end up with our eyes gouged out. All it takes, all it takes is a sincere prayer. All it takes is a prayer that connects you with our maker. And the spirit of the Lord will rush back upon you. Let's pray. Father God, we had a bit of fun this morning talking about one of the great stories of the Bible. And we've got another few lined up over the next few weeks. And Lord, as we go through this series, I just pray that each person that comes and hears, we can, they can see you in a new light. They can see you throughout the stories that we're telling. It takes amazing, amazing feats of faith to do what some of these guys did. And Lord, we just ask for a, a mustard seed worth of that faith. Lord, we can't wait to see you. We love you lots. In your name, amen. after that mate that's fantastic uh just want to say thank you um for coming thank you for mitch and rog particularly for letting me beat them that was all part of the plan um not you jordan that was fair i got you mate <laughs> i just um just want to remind you if you are interested next weekend uh saturday night uh, particularly uh, simo's been talking about you know husbands and wives and girlfriends and boyfriends and things but our date night so the idea is Come along, drop some kids off if you have kids, if that's who you are. Uh, if not, come along anyway and you can pick up a little pack, a few little ideas. Uh, but seriously, free, anybody, or if you know anyone from school community or wherever, bring your kids along here, drop them off. Uh, there's a, leave a little flyer over there, you can see more details or talk to us later. But basically, you can drop your kids off and, and go out on a date with your partner or whatever it may be. Or if you, I don't know, you could all congregate here if you're single. I don't know, you can maybe, no. <laughs> All right, but anyway, that's, that's certainly available. Just remember that, the flyer over there. Um, enjoy, your, enjoy the rest of your, your Sabbath.